Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, this is Jeff Cohn with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. We have an incredible guest today, Mr. Mike Swenson. Welcome to the podcast today, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on, Jeff. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Mike's hailing from Minneapolis, St. Paul, the Twin Cities, has a ton of experience in the real estate business. Uh, he helped grow 14 moves over at Keller Williams to be the number 12 expansion network in the country with over seven locations at one given time and has recently moved and started a team at EXP and things are going really well. Uh, Mike, you mentioned off air that day one after leaving your official salaried paid position, day one was when everything started closing last March. And here we are recording this episode 12 months later. How are things going today? Uh, things are going great. You know, I, I tell people, so I, I actually majored in entrepreneurship in college. And the reason why I didn't start my business right out of college is I, I wasn't the risk taker, right? You know, I was raised in a family where it was get a good job that paid, um, contribute to your 401k plan and, and you'll be fine and set for life. So, so all my, my classmates, you know, would go out and, Hey, I'm starting this business, this business, this business. And it was tough for me to be able to do that. So I've worked in kind of the W2 world and I've, I've had some, you know, some, uh, some profit, um, ownership in, in companies and that in the past, but, but this was my chance to really do, do my thing. But yeah, my first day, um, kind of officially in this new role was the day that everything closed on COVID. And so, um, we had to, to figure out how to adapt and, and move forward from there. So what did you do when you were at that expansion arm? And for anyone that's not really caught up on the whole expansion model, Keller Williams was one of the first to talk about the idea that if you had something good in one place, why wouldn't you take that and expand it into another? And so you have a handful of agents all across the country that try to expand to the closest city from their location or across the entire country. And you guys had a really dominant expansion arm. Uh, what was your position in all of that growth? Yeah, so I was hired. Uh, I was kind of the the first uh, director of operations that the team hired at, at that point. Uh, this was about seven years ago. We had a half dozen agents, and we were doing about 150 closings in just one market center, one one KW market center. And mm -hmm. over the next five or six years, we grew that to where we were serving, like you mentioned, you know, seven seven different locations, seven different market centers, and we had uh, at the peak probably about 60 agents. And our last year, we had 620 closings. And so my role then evolved into the COO role. Mm -hmm. um, so I oversaw everything operationally related. Related, um, all the processes, the systems, hiring, training, uh, recruiting, getting agents into production, um, managing listings, transactions, and all that stuff on the back end, the database, working with our, our respective people that we hired in each of those roles and, and helping the company to grow. That's awesome. I love the mindset. And um, it's really fascinating to me as we got to know each other that you went from that COO position, you know, overseeing operations, which is typically incumbent upon someone that's in a high SC category. And like you mentioned, you were raised. So your download that, uh, that you learned was not taking big risk, rely on the 401k that you contribute 3% of your income to over 30 years of your life. 
So out of all of that, you built this amazingly successful expansion network with, with business partners, and you chose to walk away from that opportunity uh, to obviously embrace EXP. And obviously they're doing amazing things right now. The thing I find fascinating with expansion um, is you chose to expand. You mentioned market centers, which is just a fancy word for brokerages, right? Brokerage franchises mm -hmm. inside the Keller Williams world. You guys expanded um, within the religion uh, you stayed true to only expanding inside of Keller Williams. And I don't even know what their current position is. But when I expanded back in 2015, we were at um, Berkshire Hathaway and we expanded across any brokerage. Uh, it didn't matter what brokerage somebody you know was with. However, I will say, and I think you'd probably agree, it's a lot simpler if you keep it in the same brokerage family, because a lot of times those people speak the same language, use the same systems. Um, it just makes it a little bit easier. And typically the people inside your brokerage are the people you have relationships with and where you can create the most impact and influence. Yeah. And even so, you know, even inside the same uh, franchise, every market center, every brokerage ran things a little bit differently, right? So, you know, some we had to have a different logo, some we had to have, you know, it was this process, but, um, you know, now we had this process for this market center. So everyone did operate a little bit different. So what we found is there is an element of scalability there, um, but then there's an element of everything has to be custom depending on the, the brokerage that That's you're funny. in. That's funny, yeah. Any brokerage you see at Keller, they've got about 800 franchises and each one says independently owned and operated. And while there are franchise rules that you have to adhere to, you can do things your own way. So I could say, hey, my agent signs have to be Keller Red. I don't want anyone using a black Keller sign. They have to be Keller Red. And so to your point, that would be nauseating to be like, wait, this location, we can't use the red business card. And this location, the logo has to be this small. And that, that's one of the challenges I think that you face with expansion. My recommendation on that to anyone listening that wants to expand is that you have a rule slash your own expansion policy anytime you enter into a market center or exp location or name the brokerage you have an arrangement that the broker agrees to just like if you were to send off a referral fee that where they agree to adhere to all of your marketing guidelines your commission plans your you know broker fees um, and make sure that if they're, if they're not willing to play along that you just don't you simply don't bring your business into their location mm-hmm yeah, and, and some things are we're dependent on the broker. Some things were also dependent on the state. So, you know, in, in Minnesota, they've got certain marketing guidelines. And then you go to a place like New York, they have different marketing guidelines. So you always had to yeah. find out what those were. And so that was my job is to reach out to the local teams in those states and figure out, okay, what's what's the playground that we can work inside of and how does how can we have our model best serve that team in that state? Because um, you know, New York, as an example, um, they're an attorney state. So our transaction coordination process is different now when yep. we're dealing with attorneys. And, you know, as, as, as cool as it was in Minnesota that, you know, we have a closing and the check gets cut within a day or two of closing in an attorney state, it might be two weeks and that attorney doesn't care. You know, it might be, hey, Johnny, Johnny agent wants to get paid here. Oh, we'll get yeah. to that in the next week or two, you know, and, and you'll get your check when you get your check. So it's, it's figuring out each state, each brokerage, there were, were a lot of different things that we had to do and adjust to be able to, to be as successful as we could be. Um, totally makes sense. Well, one of the things that I found fascinating, you mentioned you're up to about seven agents now there in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And the thing that inspires you is to help show those agents that they don't have to be the traditional peg in a hole. Um, there's lots of options when you choose it to get into real estate. And the thing I found fascinating about that is it's literally the same thing I keep talking about, but it's in a little bit of a different form. And that is that I believe the agent should be an agent advisor for their, for their customer. And the funny point that you made was, 
they need to be doing it for themselves as well. So like we're out there advising other people on what mortgage to get, what insurance policy to get, what investment property should they consider putting their money into. But then the agents aren't even taking advantage of their own advice, which is somewhat hypocritical, but I would say a lot of agents, you know, are guilty of that. Yeah. And sometimes agents, you know, we talk about, um, you know, do you, do you buy your own product? I mean, there's a lot of agents out there that don't own a home and they're helping people to, to own a home. Um, and now it's different, you know, in, in different sales roles, right? If I'm, if I'm selling, you know, replacement knee, that doesn't mean I have to get my own knee replaced to sell it. Um, right. but I, but I have seen, and that's really where my passion comes in here talking about financial freedom is I've seen agents struggle financially. And, and before I got into real estate, I assumed that a lot of agents are making money hand over fist. They're super successful. They're driving driving great cars, owning great houses, um, which some of them are. Um, some of them are doing it to hide financial troubles. Um, but, but I really saw a need to help agents gain basic understanding and basic foundational principles in finance. And so I, I tell people I have two passions, real estate and personal finance, and this is really meeting that need. I feel like when an agent partners with me in business, I, sh I have an obligation to help them financially grow inside of real estate. And so if it's helping them figure out how to get an investment property so that they can start to build some equity, maybe it's even buying their first home themselves, mm -hmm. working with them on that, but, but, but showing them what's at stake that, you know, as a homeowner, my net worth is 40 times on average, this is a national average, 40 times stronger than if I didn't own my own home. So, you know, we talk about what's a mortgage payment that I can afford to go buy a house, but are we really talking about, hey, agent, you know, your net worth can be 40 times larger if you're going to purchase your own home. And what if you started to get into multiple investments? You know, we have sure. the benefit in real estate of having all the insider information. If somebody wants to list their house with me, I know it's going on the market before anybody else does. And I may want to buy that from an investment standpoint. Maybe it fits my buying criteria for an investment. If not, maybe there's somebody in my brokerage that does. So we have that insider information in, in Wall Street. If we had that and we did something with it, we could, we could go to jail for insider trading. And yet in real estate, it's okay to, to, to know that we have access to all the data that we could ever want um, for homes here locally, what's sold, what hasn't yeah. sold, what's the sales, you know, all of that information is really helpful. So we should be able to use that to our advantage to help build wealth. And so that's where I want to help train the agents on my team and, and help them to build wealth through the opportunities that real estate provides so that they don't get to the end of their career and have nothing to show for it. I've just sold, you know, 12 to 15 homes a year, and now at the end of my, my working career, I've got nothing to show for it. So I'm, I'm yeah. working with them talking about long-term financial principles to help them build wealth. I love it. And I think that's a huge challenge for many real estate practitioners. Uh, there's a great book that I have recommended on the podcast and I'll recommend it again called The Dream Manager. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but um, a gentleman comes to find that he can retain people and motivate people a lot better by helping them realize their dreams, go figure. So often the traditional brokerage puts an agent on a hamster wheel and tells them to run and then gives them trophies for running faster and faster and faster until they retire at 70 with nothing to show for it. Why didn't they teach them to be just like them and own their own brokerage and start their own title company and start their own mortgage company, start their own insurance company, invest and start a coaching company, start a podcast. And the list goes on and on and on. And I think the answer is because they didn't know how. 
And most brokers I look at in my own marketplace and, and others, they have other ancillary businesses, but I don't think they know how to bring agents into those ancillary businesses. And there's a lot of ways that we can inspire just the way you are. I think by being an example, first and foremost, but there are other ways to inspire agents to support your ancillaries and then eventually have opportunities to have ownership in said ancillaries. Um, you made a point earlier about some of the different things you're doing now um, to help support your agents. And what I find interesting is as you expanded into seven locations and you had 60 agents and you're, you are that operator, you know, that high IS, high IC, and there were probably all these little things that you saw not happening and you had wished that the people you were working with would do it, but they wouldn't do it. And now you're sitting in a seat where you can do whatever you want. It's your team. You can support your agents however you want. And I can tell you care about helping them be more than just a transaction. Uh, share with our audience, and we can kind of close on this. We're trying to keep these about 15 to 20 minutes, but share with our audience maybe the top three things that you're able to provide to your agents and do it in the mindset that those listening have two to 27 agents on their teams. And they're always looking for ways to help their agents become a better version of themselves as well. So what are some of the top things that you're doing that you think our audience would benefit from doing in their market? Yeah, we really focus with our agents on becoming the local market expert, right? And <clears throat> I tell them, you know, it's it's great that people would know who I am. Honestly, I don't even care if anybody knows who I am on the real estate team, because the reason why somebody's going to choose to work with our agent is because that agent is the local market expert. So, um, so what we focused on is hyper-local geographic farming as a strategy of ours. And so what I do is, is I use my SC and I go and I analyze statistics in the, the areas that they want to focus on. I look at average sales price. I look at turnover um, of the homes because I always tell people there, there might be a really nice area, but if nobody's selling, that, that doesn't really help your business as an agent. We need to have transactions, right? So we focus on that. Um, and then we also help them to create videos highlighting themselves as somebody that knows what's going on in the community, right? So if it's a local park, if it's a school, if it's a business that they want to highlight, they can interview the business owner and, and say, hey, here's, here's the local bakery, um, here's what's happening here, and they get to talk about what's, what's going on. So it's, that, it's the, the hyper-local piece so they know them as the local market expert, not only with what's happening in real estate, but also what's happening in the community. Um, that's been a, a focus for us. And so, and then we can also door knock, we can also call those neighborhoods, but it's a strategic neighborhood that they're focusing on, but then they're also highlighting what's happening in the community and shooting videos, um, mm -hmm. that are also highlighting them as being that person in the community as well. So that was kind of sure. one, two, and three all together and how we're accomplishing that. But, but we're really trying to lift them up as the expert, um, versus, you know, a lot of teams operate. We need, we need to know who the team owner is. Um, we're flipping it upside down and saying, I want, you know, the, the agent to be the expert in the community. And if, if nobody knows who I am, that's okay with me. Mm -hmm. Cool, man. I think that's awesome. So what are, uh, what are some other strategies that you guys are wanting to grow off of? Obviously make them hyper-local, um, help them be the industry expert. I love that. Make them the VIP of, of everything. Um, are there any other things that you could see as a team that you saw benefited uh, 14 moves that you're choosing to implement there in Minneapolis as you build out your team? 
Yeah, I mean, we have we have strong systems in terms of additional leverage, um, you know, wanting to take as much off of the plate as we possibly can for the agent so that they can focus on doing what they love. So we've got a listing manager, transaction coordinator, um, marketing, um, some of those hats I'm wearing and kind of my dual role on the, the agent side and, and still mm-hmm. using my gifts and abilities on the admin side. Um, so we're, we're focusing with them on, on that. Um, and then training too. We want them to have great training at their fingertips. So um, lots of, of different playbooks, lots of different scripts that we go through with them. We have script practice every morning at 830 um, where agents can participate that and, and get better at their skill set. And so then we're also leveraging, you know, the tools that the brokerage provides in terms of, of training and skills, uh, skills growth as well. So um, yeah, I would say the the people leverage and then also just the, the, the learning that's happening through um, the practice script practice we have, and then the trainings that we have as well. That's awesome, man. Sounds like you guys got it down. I'm excited to watch your growth. Uh, to add seven agents launched in March of 2020. Um, you guys are going to do big things and we're going to keep watching. Would love to have you back on the podcast in a year or two from now to hear about all of your growth. Sometimes, and I know, I know a lot of people will agree with me on this. Sometimes it seems like it'd be fun to go back to the very beginning and do it differently. Right. Cause we can all look back and say, Hey, if I had had that experience and you had the experience, you were paid to have that experience as you mm-hmm. helped build, build out the previous company that you were working with. And now you get to go and implement all the best things. So take that opportunity and run with it. I think it's fascinating. Um, if you haven't already thought about, I know you did launch a podcast. Why don't you share with our audience members about um, what the name of that podcast is and the best way someone can get in touch with you. Yeah, so the podcast is called Real Freedom. So it's R-E-L, which stands for Real Estate Leveraged Freedom. And on it, I just want to tell good stories to inspire people. So I truly believe that uh, real estate is a kind of an entrepreneurial playground for people. There's so many different opportunities, whether you're an agent, um, whether you're an investor, residentially, commercially, um, or if you have uh, admin abilities, there's people that are building these massive transaction coordination companies, massive virtual assistant companies, um, recruiting, you know, hiring companies. So I'm just telling great stories of highlighting people that are being successful inside of real estate. And my hope is that when somebody listens to an episode, some something's going to inspire them like, Oh, this is the path. You know, this is this is the the group that I've been searching for. The path that I've been searching for to use my skills and abilities inside of real estate. Um, so, so that's what it's for. So, yeah, you can check out my website, uh, realfreedom.com. So that's R E L freedom.com. Um, and then I also have a Freedom Foundation blueprint that I've put together, which is um, a couple pages of you know when when somebody says I don't really know what to do in personal finance. I don't know where to start. What are the basics for me? Um, you can go get that blueprint, and I've broken down from from income, expenses, investments, you know, some of my best tips and tricks of things to think about to make sure that I've got a good foundation that I can build off of. So um, that's just on my website there. There's a button at the top or you can just go realfreedom.com backslash blueprint and get that. Mike, that's awesome. You're the first person to offer that financial freedom booklet. I haven't heard that before. So appreciate you coming on to our audience and giving everyone that opportunity. Go check him out. Also, just as a reminder, please uh, go out to iTunes, give us a five-star review, give a shout out to Mike Swenson, hailing from Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, Mike, you're doing big things and really appreciate you giving us your time today. Um, Excited to see your team continue to grow. And man, what a crazy time to kick it off. I think it's awesome uh, what you guys are doing. So stay at it. Thanks so much, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Yep. Have a good one. Thanks. 